0: We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 16 this morning. So if you want to follow along in a Bible, um, you can open up to Proverbs 16. Uh, The passage is also printed in the worship guide, so you can follow along there. Uh, This fall, we are in a sermon series on the book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs is a book that is found in the Old Testament of the Bible, and it's considered to be uh, one of the wisdom books. And what that means is that Proverbs was written to instill, to help instill wisdom into God's people. It's concerned with helping us to navigate life well. And when we say life, we mean all areas of life. Uh, Proverbs speaks to every, life, every aspect of life that you could imagine. I mean, even in this series so far, we've covered topics such as wisdom, folly, justice, money, temptation, and speech. Uh, this morning, our topic is planning or use of time. Uh, th- that's going to be uh, what we're talking about this morning. And so I'm going to go ahead and read Proverbs 16:1 through 9, and then we'll uh, get into this passage together. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the Spirit. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is toned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. The heart of a a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Let's pray and ask for God to direct us as we study this passage together. Holy Spirit, you are here with us, and so we pray now that you would Guide us into your word that we might encounter and experience truth. And I pray that it would not be an intellectual exercise, but that it would be a formational exercise, that you would use this time together in your word to form us, to shape us, uh, to be people who live more wisely, who uh, make wiser plans and use our time more wisely. You're able to do this. We, we, We trust you, and so we rely on you. Pray that you would do it for your glory and for our good. We pray through the name of Jesus. Amen. Early on in seminary, uh, Katie and I had uh, just recently been married and it just felt like we were faced with one big decision after another. At least at the time, the decisions seemed very big. In reality, they actually weren't all that big. But you know what it's like when you um, feel like you're having to make lots of decisions uh, around the same time, it can feel really overwhelming. And uh, this is what happened to us. We, we were in this season of life, newly married, having all of this newness uh, to life, and we're fi- being faced with all of these decisions, and it got to the point where we were almost paralyzed, really, honestly, when it came to decision-making. We wanted to make wise decisions. We wanted the decisions that we made to be really good, to honor God. But it got to the point where we almost couldn't even function. We didn't know what to do because of that pressure that we felt. And I remember going to meet with uh, our pastor at the time. And I'm just paraphrasing, but you know what his advice was, essentially? Chill out. Chill out. It's going to be okay. Calm down. I tell you this story because I think that all of you know um, what this is like. You can resonate with it. Decision-making, I mean, for me, sometimes it can just be simply walking into a restaurant and um, you're looking at the menu and you just, there's so many choices and you want to make the wise choice, right? You want to get what is best on the menu. I mean, it sounds silly, but even that for me sometimes, um, I'm just speaking for myself now, that can feel overwhelming. And then obviously, if you start to translate that into bigger life decisions, this whole area in life about decision-making and planning and making use of our time, and and let me say this, I do realize that we're, we're touching on a few things this morning that in reality each could have its own sermon, like making use of time. Uh, planning, uh, maybe decision-making as a whole, but we're all kind of collapsing these things into one. Uh, Because this is something, these things stress us out like crazy. I mean, just look back at your last week. How much of the stress that you experienced was because of this kind of stuff? Decisions you had to make, uh, being frustrated about time issues, or having issues with planning. I would venture to guess, not all, but a lot of your stress had to do with one of those things. So I think this is incredibly relevant for us. Proverbs speaks to it. Um, this is going to be a little bit different from the previous sermons in this series where we've been a little bit all over the place, drawing from various passages in Proverbs, but i kind of gotten a little tired of that. So we're just going to focus, for the most part, on one passage this morning. Proverbs chapter 16. We're not going to necessarily look at all, every one of these verses exhaustively. We're going to kind of draw out a few key verses that speaks to this theme for us this morning. But here's the overall idea that I want to put out there, and then we'll kind of build from it. And it's this. And it's not a new idea. It's one that we've been um, saying all along through this series. And the idea is this. Wise people make wise decisions. And therefore, you could say wise people use their time more wisely. Wise people make wiser plans. Now, I'm saying this up front. Uh, I'm going to, toward the end, I'm going to come back and massage that a little bit, soften it, because I know right now you're probably thinking, so does this mean that uh, I'm not a wise person because I made this unwise decision the past week? I'm not saying that, but um, this is just up front the big idea, and we'll build from it. But it's wise people make wise decisions. And the reason that this has been such a key statement throughout this series, and it is again this morning, is because in my own life what I do is, so like take this example of planning and decision making. I tend to fixate on that. Okay, I want to make wise decisions. I want to make wise plans. So let me read on how to do that. Let me get tips on how to do that. And all that's good and helpful, but what I overlook is me, my character, myself. And the fact that to become a person who is wiser in in decision-making and planning, I actually, at the core of who I am, need to become a wiser person. So that's kind of the the big idea. We're going to talk about two categories this morning. The first has to do with theology or, or doctrine or teaching, and the other has to do with practice, how we live it out. So let's establish a theology of Planning and time and all of this. Um, look at verse 1 here in Proverbs 16. The plans of the heart belong to a man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And then look uh, at the, the last verse that we, we read through, verse 9. What does verse 9 say? The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his step. Now, we could make a mistake here and take these two verses and interpret them as meaning it's bad for us to make plans. So we, we could come away from this and say, okay, what Proverbs is telling us is that God is in, the, in control, so we just simply shouldn't make plans because we don't know if our plans are wise or not. We just need to trust God and rely on his control. That's not what, don't do that, okay? Don't do that. That would be foolish. That would be folly. It would be unwise. Um, That's not what these two verses are teaching us. What they're telling us is that, and this is my paraphrase, you're human. You're you're going to make plans, and you should make plans. It's part of life. It's part of interacting in relationship with God and with God's stuff in his world. Make plans, but recognize this. Ultimately, at the end of the day, God is in control. So those are two different things. It's not, oh, planning is is bad, just trust God. It's make plans. Strive to to become more wise in your planning, but ultimately, at the end of the day, acknowledge the fact that God is in control, and sometimes our plans um, don't go as planned, right? So what we're doing here is we're, Proverbs is helping us to establish a theology of planning, a theology of, uh, of how to relate to, to time and, and, and making decisions and, and all of that. Um, and I, I want to say this, I, I think that understanding in this way is actually really freeing. Because here's what the Bible teaches, and we're, we're getting, we're picking this up from even these two verses in in Proverbs, the Bible teaches this: that we are, are, are free in life to make choices, and our choices really matter in life. All right, so that's that's the that's the first thing on, on we'll say on this side. All right, we're free to make choices, and our choices in life really matter. And on this other side is this: God is sovereign, meaning that God is absolutely in control of all of life. Feel that tension? What's going on here? Our choices really matter, but God is really sovereign and completely in control. We could respond to this in a variety of ways. One way could be that makes no sense, and we just kind of walk away from it and try to live uh, as though that's not a reality or true. But I want you to see that this is actually really freeing. And let, let's approach it this way. Let's say, on the one hand, um, that our choices uh, didn't matter. That our choices just didn't matter in life. What would be the implications of that? It, it would be potentially, not potentially, it'd be really bad, right? If we just kind of had this approach, posture life, our choices don't really matter, so I can make whatever choice. Not good. But on the other hand, coming back over here, what if we said that, um, I and mean, it relates to what we were just saying, but that God is, uh, I don't have to make choices because God is completely in control. What's the view of God? That God is a puppet, right? That, that God... Um, has, or that we are just puppets and that God has ordained everything and we're just going through the motions of life. Those would be two extremes. And we want to avoid either of those and extremes. And the Bible presents us with what I would say is actually true to reality. In my own personal experience, my day-to-day life, I feel like my choices matter. My choices are important. And I've learned from experience that that is true in the way that I have made poor choices and it's um, brought harm to me or brought harm to others, my choices matter. But I also, in my own experience, know I I have this sense that there's this guiding hand on my life. That even when at times I've made unwise decisions and my plans have been unwise, I've been protected. I've been cared for. And even when things, not necessarily good or bad, just didn't turn out the way I planned, I, I'm able to see, oh, there's a bigger picture here. So, what the Bible is presenting us, this theology of planning and decision making, it, it, it's not something to be intimidated by. And it's not something, here's where the difficulty comes. We we feel this tension and we try to solve it. We try to solve it. We try to figure it out. Okay, how can God be completely sovereign and at the same time my choices really matter, and we we try to just figure it out. You can't figure it out. I've been trying my whole life, and I haven't figured it out. Now, maybe you're smarter than me, but you still haven't figured it out, and you can't figure it out. It's not something to figure out. There are some things in life that aren't just to be figured out. They are to be leaned into, and this is a huge aspect of wisdom. To not spend time trying to figure out something that is beyond us and to just learn to live in light of it and to feel the freedom that comes with that because our choices really matter. If we make poor choices, if we make poor decisions, it could bring upon ruin upon ourselves and others. That's, that's a real possibility. But on the other hand, what is freeing and comforting is that God is in control so that even in times in our lives where we make, where we plan poorly, we make bad decisions, It doesn't mean it's the end of us. And so we need both of these, okay? We need both of them. We need to hold them together, even though it's complex, even though it's confusing, even though we can't figure it out with our intellect. We need to lean into it and live wisely in light of this reality. This is the theology of planning, decision making that the Bible gives us. We make plans, we ought to make plans. We ought to seek to grow in wisdom in making plans, but ultimately God rules and overrules. His plans are always advanced. I think the issue here is one of control. It is for me. I want control of my life. And it's always uncomfortable for me when I'm reminded daily that I don't have control of my life. Now, that might sound weird to you um, because, obviously, in one sense, I do have control of my life, but in ultimate sense, I do not have control of my life. I do not have control over whether I leave this building and, and um, in my car, and somebody runs a red light and hits me. You know, these are the kinds of things in life that we don't have control over. We do have control, but we, we're back to another one of these, right? We do have control, but ultimately God is in control. Um, God ultimately rules and overrules. And the issue, as I was saying for me, is one of control. I fight this because I want God's role. I want to be God. And we weren't made for that. We were made to be in intimate, intimate relationship with God, to trust him, to depend on him, to rely on him. And as we learn to do that, we thrive and we flourish. And yet in our fallen, bent, broken nature, we resist. We want to be in control. We want to be in the place of God. This really is so much of uh, this topic of plans and time, and it's about control. It's about us being in control. But I was reminded as I was working on this um, quote from, a guy named Eugene Peterson said, none of us is the leading character in the story of our lives. God is the larger context and plot in which all our stories find themselves. And what we have to learn to be at home with is that God is the storyteller. God is telling the story here. And there are so many things about the story that we don't get, that we don't like, that we find confusing and frustrating In your own individual life, if you look at the world around you, you know, it's the why questions of life. Why is this happening? If God's telling... It's confusing. It's complex. We don't know the answers. But what Scripture gives us is that God is telling a good story, a beautiful story, that in the end, will be glorious, whole, and beautiful. And we walk by faith, trusting that God knows what we're doing, and we make our plans, and uh, make our decisions in light of that. So that's somewhat of a, um, there's a lot more we could say, but that's somewhat of a theology of planning, if you will, from just these couple verses in Proverbs 16. But now let's talk about um, the practice. How do we actually now live in light of this this theology stuff we're talking about? How do we practically live in light of it? How do we become people who plan wisely? And how should we relate to God? So that's what I want to spend our time on in um, the the last several minutes here. Verse 3, look at verse 3. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. What What I love about Proverbs is that, and I think we talked about this in the very first week, is that you have to work at interpreting it. You have to work to understanding it. It's just like becoming a wise person in life. It doesn't happen automatically. It doesn't happen suddenly. And so I I find it interesting that just the way that Proverbs comes to us in which we have to really work at, what does this mean? How do I understand it? It it draws us into the very process of becoming wise and developing our character. But on first glance, you might think that that's saying, all right, trust God If your heart is fully trusting in God, then what your plans are, He will establish because you're honoring Him and He will will bring your plans to fruition. That's not what what it's saying. Look more closely. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. There's an exchange of plans going on here. That's what's in mind. This word commit it means to roll onto, to put all of your weight into something. If you do this, if you commit your work to the Lord, your plans will be established because His plans will be becoming your plans more and more. You see that? That's actually what's going on here. Commit your work, your planning, your decision-making to the Lord, and your plans will be established because what will be happening is that his plans will be becoming your plans. This is the whole process of character development. It's the process of formation that we keep coming back to in this series. Life is, is, is so fast. It's happening so quickly, isn't it? Um, I don't know if you resonate with this, but I'm so often guilty of Never really being present in the time in which I'm existing, <laughs> whether it's like season or whether it's just like that very moment of the day. Um, and, and I'm constantly challenged by this. I'm challenged by it. Like, on the, I'll take the, the small example first. Just way too often um, throughout the course of a week, one of my daughters is talking to me, and I realize I, I don't know what they said to me because I'm looking at my phone. And it's Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Oh, yeah, what? Yeah, I I heard everything you were saying. This is really convicting. Because we're talking about the reality of presence and really being present. And this is part of wisdom, learning to really be present where we are. But we do this seasonally as well, like seasons of life. And this has been a theme for me. I don't know if it's just for me. Maybe it's a human thing. But... um, I find myself, like I've talked about this before, like in high school. Oh my goodness, I hate high school. I can't wait to college. I get to college year or two in. I'm so tired living in a dorm with these people. Uh, I can't wait to get out into the real world. Then I get out into the real world, um, and I'm an assistant pastor. I'm tired of working in a church. I should stop. Uh I want to be the leader, and then I get to be the leader, and now it's like, can I go back to to that? I want to go back. We do this all the time. We're always looking back, or we're always looking forward, but rarely are we actually present in the moment. Is this just me, or do you know what I'm talking about? All right, good, you're with me. So how do we change? How do we bring wisdom to this? Because, think about it, if you're not really present in the moment, how are you going to be wise at making plans? Because if you're just fixated on the future, you're going to be missing so many things that are really important uh, in the moment for decision-making about the future. And if we're constantly living in the past, well, what worked in the past is no longer going to work now. That's the past. We have to move on from it. Now, one of the, the struggles for you could be that... You have so much shame and guilt because of the past, of poor decisions, of not using time wisely, of making a mess of plans. And so maybe you're paralyzed because of that. And what you need to hear this morning is the good news that your plans can increasingly become God's plans because God's plans increasingly can become yours. It's that that idea here in verse 3. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established that actually can happen in your life. And the other important thing about the Christian faith is that the Christian faith actually gives empowers us to move forward. Because we don't have to dwell on the past. We don't have to dwell on the past because Jesus died for our bad decisions. Jesus died for all of our poor plans. He no longer holds that against us if we, our faith is in him. He no longer holds it against us. And rather, he wants to, um, by his spirit, equip and empower us to become more wise and to grow from the past, but not to be fixated on it and to be paralyzed because of it. So how do we change? How, how do we grow? How do we become people that aren't just always fixated on the past or the future. We have to slow down. We have to. We absolutely have to slow down. And modern life does not facilitate this. Like, I I believe what, what I'm saying wholeheartedly right now. And I believe that this has become a greater priority for me in life. But I don't know that I'm actually you know, putting it into practice very well yet. Life is so fast. And we just go and we go and we go and we go. And we don't create space in life for reflection. We can't be wise um, at planning. We can't be wise in decision-making if there's no reflection happening in our lives. And this is the mistake that I constantly make in my own life. I find myself making some of the same poor decisions or some of the poor, same poor plans. Why? Because I'm going so fast that I can't slow down to reflect on my mistakes. This, verse 3, again, this is a process. It's not just something that, it's not just, okay, God, I commit my work to you, so may your plans become my plans and they'll be established. It doesn't work that way. It's a process. This is We have to fight for this. We have to wrestle with God for this. We have to create space in our lives to be able to slow down and practice reflection. We really do want help with guidance, don't we? I mean, I, I would guess that most of us uh, wouldn't say that, okay, I'm completely unwilling for help and guidance in this area of life. But in order to take advantage of that, we have to slow down. And let me highlight just one context where this could possibly play out, and that is life in community. One of the reasons why it's so important for us to live life in community, it's one of the reasons that we stress community groups so much, is that community groups, at least to some extent, require us to slow down. I mean, you just take um, the regular meeting of a community group, for example. If you make a commitment to that, even if you're not able to make it all the time, you have to prioritize that, don't you? You make a commitment for that. You've carved out space to be present with these people on this night for, inevitably, some reflection is going to happen. And we need people speaking into our lives. Um, this is I, I see this regularly in, in, in our community groups where It's, I have this decision to make. I need to make these plans, and I'm not exactly sure which decision I should go with. Would you please pray for me? Would you come alongside of me? We need other people in our lives for this, to help provide help and guidance because we can be so blind. Our perspective can be so limited for all kinds of reasons. Only the busyness of life is only one of them. But we need that outside perspective to help us in this area of planning. So going back to that theology tension, our choices matter. They really do matter. How do we become a people that makes wiser choices? Well, verse 3, it's a process. We have to carve out time for reflection, but specifically for prayer praying for guidance, because prayer prayer is all about control. I think I've really, uh, there's a a book, I don't know if we have, I don't think we have any more copies on the bookcase in the lobby, called A Praying Life, and the Praying Life helped me to see this. Um, My excuse throughout my life for not praying more has always been I'm too busy. That's just the presenting issue. The real issue is control. I feel like I'm doing a good enough job of being in control of my life. That I don't need time to pray because if I felt desperate, if I felt like I was absolutely desperate to hear from God's voice, I would carve out the time for that. But I'm doing fine. I'm not, but I just can't hand over that control. And see, that's, that what, that's what happens, one of the things that happens in prayer. It's a transfer of control because every time you pray, You're saying, my expertise are not enough. My abilities are not enough. I can't figure this out on my own. God, I desperately need you to speak into this situation, to guide me and to help me. And so prayer is one of the big things in that process that helps us to commit our plans, our work to God. And also the reading of Scripture, the reading of Scripture. God has spoken to us. He has revealed much of what we need to know in life. And so we have His Word. And I know in my own life, when I am, at different times, when I I seem to be dwelling in God's Word more and resting in it and reading it, internalizing it, and meditating on all of that, it gets inside of you. and And it shapes you. It gives you insights. And Um, what happens is that you end up in situations where maybe if you were not hearing from God, you wouldn't know which direction to go. But because you're feeling intimacy with God, you just have this sense that based on what He's revealed to you in His Word, that this is the direction. It doesn't always happen that way, but I do think that generally speaking, um, I don't think, I know that generally speaking that when we are really internalizing God's Word and living in it, Planning, we become wiser, and that helps us to make wise plans and decisions. All right, as we bring this to a close, um, I want to come back to this dependency thing. And I don't want to end here. It's so hard to be dependent. Ugh, just even talking about it. I resist it. I hate it. Um, I mean, it's crazy how we are as bent people, isn't it? Um, Even when people come alongside of us with advice and we know it to be true, we know it to be good, but we resist it. Why? Because we didn't come up with the advice. (laughs) I should have come up with that idea. And because I didn't, I'm not going to... Like, it's crazy how um, self-absorbed we are and how much we have to be in control. But God invites us into a different way of life invites us into a different way of life. Um, Coming back to this passage here, what do you think the intention here is of all of the wisdom that we get here? What is the function of it in our lives? I don't read Proverbs 16 and walk away thinking, God is trying to restrict my life. Rather, I think, I, I walk away thinking, God wants freedom for me. And that's the goal of the wisdom literature in the Bible. That God wants us to live freely in His world. He wants us to flourish, to thrive. He wants us to know how to interact with the stuff of creation so that we might thrive and flourish and bring Him glory. He wants us to live according to our purpose. And yet we resist it. But God's intentions for us are freedom. So, (laughs) I... I think that we have to change the way that we think because when we hear these things about slowing, needing to slow down and maybe read scripture more and and speak to God in prayer more, we feel those as things that we must do. And because we don't do them or we're not doing them, we just end up in a downward spiral. We feel shame, we feel guilt, and we just kind of shut down. But this is about freedom. And so even building more structure into your life is, is about freedom. Structure is good. Structure is helpful. And so I don't know what it looks like for you in your own life, but you need to be able to slow down and to figure out what structure you need to help you actually experience freedom so that you might be intentionally in that process of becoming a wise person who makes wise Decisions. Now, time, just this issue of time um, relates to this. Time is so frustrating because time is it's limited. Almost every single day of my life, I wish I had more time. Um, But then I also, as we already talked about, spend so much of my time thinking about the past or thinking about the future. And I don't make the most of the time that has been given to me. And so, I'll end with this. What has been really helpful for me in my own life, and I'm growing in this, you know, I mentioned that, is to view each day as a mini story. Part of God's bigger story that he's writing. And, you know, remember that theology of, of planning and decision-making. God, my choices matter. God is completely in control. I don't know exactly how those interact. Um, but what I'm learning to do is to recognize that it's God's story, my choices matter, and how, to, how do I live with a greater awareness of God's presence in my life? And so I've learned to, I'm learning to break up the day into three parts, morning, afternoon, and evening. And I, I try to, this doesn't always happen depending on my schedule, but in the morning I try to at least spend a few minutes with a psalm. Um, from the Bible, and just have God reveal something to me, and then I go into my day with that on my mind and my heart. And then by midday, I, I'm trying to just slow down. Now, when I say slow down, sometimes it's two minutes. For me, it could be driving to a meeting. It's like, okay, I'm not going to turn the radio on. I'm just going to evaluate the first part of my day. Um, maybe, especially in light of that, what God revealed to me from His Word. Um, and then in the evening, I try to do the same thing again. I'm not talking about like I you might say, oh, you're a pastor, you can take three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon. Well, I don't know what you're saying about my time. Like, what? I don't have a lot to do. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about real, being realistic. But it's just one practical way that might help you to slow down and to reflect. Because that's so much of our problem. We live our days unexamined, unreflective. And what happens when we begin to try to make decisions and make plans with that being what's going on around us? But God is merciful. He's gracious, isn't He? He forgives us for how we have misused time. He forgives us for the poor choices we've made, and He continues to do that as we turn away from those and um, rest in faith in Jesus and what He's done for us. But God can empower us to live differently. Like, that's what I want us to hear. That God, by His grace, can help us to slow down, and He's given us one another in this process to help each other to slow down, to help each other to practice reflection. And so that as we make plans in life, our plans are becoming more and more established by God. Because why? His plans are becoming our plans. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you this morning for the wisdom literature of the Bible. At first glance, we might write it off and think, this doesn't seem very spiritual. Um, But you care about our lives in this world. You want us to flourish. You want us to thrive. And you want us to live in light of how you have designed things to be. So help us as a people to walk in step with your good purposes for us. Help us in the midst of our busyness and stress to slow down, to be present with you, to realize that you are present with us. Make us wise, form our character, so that the decisions that we make increasingly would be better decisions for us, would be better decisions for our neighbors that we are called to love. And so that the plans that we end up making would be plans that, Honor you and don't just think about ourselves, but think about um, honoring you and honoring others. Uh, Father, you are able to do this. And I pray, lastly, that there's, I know that there's just so much frustration and guilt and shame in this room when it comes to this area of life. I pray that you would break through, that you would show us a new way, that you would teach us how to live differently with you. Amen.